With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now let's join Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media as we explore the inspirational worlds of music, media, and more. such a great song and uh, welcome to Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio and today is a special show. Um, Normally I do shows on Wednesdays and Fridays but today we have a special show. We're going to be talking to Mrs. Fender and Randall Bell 
about their new book that they both co-published, um, Leo Fender, The Quiet Giant Heard Around the World. And uh, we have to open up with that song because, uh, well, I'll let, I'll let Mrs. Fender and uh, Randall tell you a little bit about that. I'm going to bring them both into the studio. And, again, if you'd like to listen to the show, you may do so. There's a chat room that's open, and the show will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media blog talk radio on demand so let me bring both of them into the studio right now and we are going to have fun randall are you there (laughs) hi holly it's good to be here (laughs) mrs fender (laughs) yes 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 (laughs) you told me a little story before we started this uh show it's just so cute so i want you know you, have, you both are so cute. Um, this book, amazing book, um, and so many great stories. I mean, um, I was just so, it was thrilling to read this book. Um, it's got such great, cute things in there and really interesting stuff about Leo and about, it was like a journey for you guys, and you're still continuing on this journey. Both of you are. Um and Randall, your father worked with Leo, correct? Yeah, yeah. My dad. I grew up in Fullerton. My my mom's ninety six and two streets away from Mrs. Fender, and uh, it's all part of a, just a great Fullerton legacy. Oh wow! Well, let's first talk about why we opened up with Glenn Campbell, um, because I know that uh, Fender's used by most of the greatest out there. I've had so many musicians on my show. That have used that youth fender and still are. And uh, why don't we talk a little bit about why we opened up with Glenn Campbell, and then a little bit about the book, and then uh, we'll just go, you know, back and forth on some things here. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> so, Mrs. Anytime. Fender, tell me, yes, Glenn, Glenn Campbell, why Glenn Campbell? Well, you know, well, he actually was one of the the uh, musicians that Leo uh, was favorite. By I mean, he just loved mm. to hear Glenn Campbell play, and uh, uh, once in a while he'd say, "Look at that man's hands go," you know, if we happen to see him on TV or something like that. And he said, "Look, Phyllis, look," you know. And uh, sometimes I wondered if he was really interested in the song, or if he was just really interested in how he played the guitar. And uh, mm-hmm. Leo was always watching, watching, uh, play. Uh, whenever we would go someplace and someone was playing a guitar, uh, boy, his eyes were just glued to the fingers going ninety for nothing. That's that mm-hmm. was that was wonderful for him. That that was even more than the music. But uh, mm-hmm. and, and and if they happened to be been playing a Fender guitar, that was always wonderful too. But we, <laughs> appreci- we we appreciated Glenn Campbell if he, even if he wasn't playing Fender. But oh uh, no, <laughs> yeah, anyway, no, and was, and you know, that's great. What were you saying? Oh no, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, I, oh I, no, I I, I, pause, I love no. to hear the stories. Well, no, Leo just loved to hear people play, but mm-hmm. he was really technical 
in his watching. It wasn't like mm-hmm. just his ears were watching, but he had hearing mm-hmm. aids in, so he could hear them really good. But um, but his eyes were just glued to the hand mm-hmm. moving. And uh, I guess he figured if the hand and the music came out together, it was a good thing. And uh, it made him happy. And he did mm-hmm. love to hear the musicians. Uh, although he didn't listen to a lot of musicians, uh, he wasn't one to go around and, and see a bunch of shows or have them in his studio or anything like that. But there once in a while would be a musician that he really enjoyed. And uh, mm-hmm. in the early in the early years, it was like this, the uh, Sons of the Pioneers and t- that type of music, and and it gradually changed as we all do. So, oh, was, absolutely, yeah. I didn't know oh, anything no. about about country music uh, when I mm-hmm. met Leo. Uh, I had mm-hmm. I really I really read some books on country music. So I wouldn't know how to talk to him. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. <It's> so funny. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And I listen oh, and to I, and I listen to yeah. some country music on the on the TV or the radio till uh-huh. I got to the point where, hey, you know what? I really like this. And uh, so it was one of those things you knew as a new bride. You learned to, to do new things like that, and I was glad mm-hmm. I did. I was glad. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. This book, it goes really from, like, when he was a, goes straight through, you know, from when he was a child straight through to, you know, where you're, both of you are running, you know, the volunteer at the Fullerton Museum, and you guys both talk about all these different wonderful things about him. And uh, Randall, um both of you, how did you both decide that this is what you wanted to do, write this book? <laughs> he twisted my arm, but he'll tell you the side of the story. <laughs> I, well, I didn't have to twist too hard. I, I, uh, you know, the Fenders lived in the neighborhood, but uh, the neighborhood's a very respectful neighborhood. We didn't want to bother. You know, Leo was kind of a quiet guy, and I knew that from my dad, but... But when I when I met uh, Mrs. Fender, she was telling some <laughs> stories, and I just I went up to her uh, and I said, you know what, um, you're not telling stories, you're telling history, and this story has to be documented. This is this is mm-hmm. really priceless information. And so I said, you know, we're going to start writing a book, and we're going to meet at Polly's Pie Palace, which is down the street. It was one of Leo's favorite places. Mm-hmm. I, you know, everybody goes there. It's right up the street from where the Stratocaster was invented, literally mm-hmm. just a block or two away. And um, we we sat down at Polly's and strategized putting a book together, and I'm sure glad we did because these stories are just priceless. Oh, they are. They are. And, and they're uh, all true. And they're all true. Oh, well, that, that, <laughs> that's the best part. That's the best part. And, you know, who knew this is the gentleman uh, who invented the electric guitar and um, created, I, I was reading um, some other details in the book because I did read the book and then there were some other things that stuck out to me like how he was the first one to create musical instruments with the red, color red and turquoise and pa- the, the pale, you know, vintage colors 
just unbelievable, like, where his imagination went. And then the part where you just told me where he was just used to watch and like to watch people, I cracked up on the story when you guys went to the silk factory and he was underneath <laughs> the sewing machine watching how it worked. Oh, dear, I, that was that was a day, I'll tell you. I I thought we were going to get stuck in China for the rest of our life because mm-hmm. I couldn't find him. <laughs> well, oh, you guys dear, both dear. traveled, yeah, so much yeah. traveling. Um, and I think you know why don't we start a little bit at the beginning? Um. Let's talk, uh, you know, Leo was uh, where he was born, you know, and a little bit about his childhood and uh, how you two met. I love <laughs> the story about how you went over there to buy a Mary oh. Kay lipstick. <laughs> 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 you sat next oh. to him. Yeah. And, he, had, yeah, and well. he called you on the phone to ask you to go to a Christmas dinner. That was yeah. great. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, neither one of us expected to have a, a, a partner. Uh, his mm-hmm. wife had died oh, oh, a year or so before I had ever met Leo, and I never even heard of Leo. I didn't know what he did. I didn't know he was famous. He just was the boss of my best friend at church, and mm-hmm. uh, that that's the way it happened, and uh, Leo was having a really difficult time uh, with Esther's memory, and um, Mm -hmm. they sort of brought me into the picture because I was doing some writing about, um, you know, we have to be responsible for our own happiness. I can't depend on my family, my church, my dog, to make me happy, I have to make me mm-hmm. happy. And when mm-hmm. they when they brought me in to talk with him, uh, he he broke down crying, saying, "I will never be able to make myself happy. I don't know how." And uh, mm. I said, "Yes, you can, Leo. You just have to work on it." But he said, "But I I he said I I didn't spend enough time with Esther." And I said, but it's too late to worry about that. Now you have to worry about tomorrow. And mm-hmm. we we went back and forth like this. And finally, George and Lucille Fullerton, uh, his vice president and one of the singers in the choir with me at church, uh, brought me to their home and said, you're going to talk to Leo and make him laugh. And so I did. And they sat me next to him at the dinner table, and I made him laugh, and George and Lucille laughed, and they looked at me and said, if we knew all we had to do was put a blonde next to him, we'd have done it a year ago. (laughs) That is so cute. And that was the beginning, because it was after that that he invited me to the Christmas party. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was one of those things that just sort of melded into uh, reality. Neither one Mm -hmm. of us were expecting it. Neither one of us were looking for it. And it just said, you know what? It's going to happen. 
so uh, it, mm-hmm. it did, and uh, history was made, as they say. And, uh, but that's uh, uh, Randy fantastic. has had a whole different viewpoint because he he knew Leo way before I knew Leo, and so he knew a lot of stories to tell me, and from his father and. Uh, uh, made me understand the man a little more than uh, mm-hmm. just seeing him at the dinner table. So uh, it, it was it, it was a good time. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and getting married on the love boat wasn't bad. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. Well, let's talk about that now. You two decided to get married, and let's talk about where you two got married. Let's talk well, about this. It's so funny. <laughs> well, cute. it was it was every the reason where we got married and when we got married was all depending on what kind of stuff was on Leo's calendar. It was all about mm-hmm. work. It was no, we can't go there because I have to do blank blank blank, or you have to do this or this. And it was around and around and around. So finally, we just went down to the uh, travel agency and said, what do you have going out around this date, and uh, where is it going? And so we, it was going to Mexico and then into the Caribbean, and uh, uh, it just happened to be the love boat. And so <laughs> it sounded nice for a wedding to have on Great. the love boat. You know what? It, it just sounded uh-huh. like it, it must be perfect. And it was perfect. It was fun. We had a good time. Uh, the waters were calm. The food was good. And uh, there was mm-hmm. a lot of music on the ship. He spoke to a lot of the musicians, mostly European uh, orchestras. And they mm-hmm. would stand out. They would stand outside our bedroom door when they found out he was there and put little notes under the door. Could we have your picture, oh. Mr. Fender? Could, 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 could I have your autograph, Mr. Fender? And they'd be all around the ship waiting for him. And, uh, and it was fun because he got to do something that he had not done in ages, and I got to swim in the swimming pool. So, you know, it was, it was good for both of us. And so uh, the the ships were good. We went on 11 cruises in the 11 mm-hmm. and a half years that we were together. And uh, wow. all over the world, yeah. But uh, that was the only thing he would not, he would stop working for, would be take a cruise. But uh, mm-hmm. he worked the whole time. He would uh, be, be drawing or correcting uh, blueprints or things like that the whole time. And I'd be out talking and talking and talking and eating. <laughs> so, and eating, uh, so. yeah. I know he loved, <laughs> he loved to eat, as Randall was yeah. telling us about the pie shop down there. So, you know, uh, and uh, I, th- I, I, I love all the stories in here about, you know, your your honeymoon and um, what you found on your wedding night in the bathroom. That was, that, 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 that was funny. That's almost everybody's favorite story when they read the book. They kept saying, how did you write that in there? That's kind of personal. And I went, well, you have to read it twice to make sure you're reading the, the, the good, mm-hmm. good one, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. 
and it, it is fun. I know I've I've done it in front of a large crowd, and I when they talk start talking about honeymoon pictures, and I I tell everybody it's it's okay, it's clean, it's clean. You know, you don't have to worry with your child <laughs> with your children here. <laughs> oh sure. Oh, so, well, but anyway, it was a clean story. Yeah, no, and uh, we should we should talk about that. But Randall, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, um, how long how long did you know Leo? Well, it's kind of since my earliest memories. I, it goes way back. But Leo was, you know, I, in life, I think we need heroes. And Leo and my dad and some of the other guys, Freddie Tavares. Uh, is a famous name from the Fender Legacy. These are all my heroes. Um, you know, my dad was a lot like Leo. He was a quiet um, mechanical engineer type of guy, but it was really interesting down at the plant because you'd see, you know, these rock stars with, you know, hair down to their ankles and a tarantula mm-hmm. tattooed to their face, and, and it didn't really matter. I mean, these guys really connected over the music, and, and even though they were very, you know, very different generations and viewpoints in life, it was really cool to see the connection. And Leo was such a great guy. You know, everybody at the plant, everybody in the neighborhood just loved the guy. I've never heard a negative word about Leo Fender. He was just, he was the kind of guy that I think is inspiring as a legacy. I'll tell you one quick story. At the plant, a new, uh, Leo would go around the whole production line every day, and there was a new guy on the production line. And Leo walked up and, and said, hey, you know, I suggest you might want to do your job kind of this way. And the guy had no idea who Leo was because Leo dressed like everyone else. He didn't show off. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, well, look, buddy, you do your job and I'll do mine. And you know how Leo responded? He goes, okay, <laughs> and kept going. <laughs> so, you know, Leo was just had an even temperament. He was always thinking. He was always, he was always engineering. He was always inventing and and uh, he created a remarkable legacy, and uh, I just I just can't say enough about the privilege it is to really kind of document his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Fender. I mean it's like there are so many musicians that I mean are that's all they'll use, and uh, it's just the Stratocaster and the whole story about it and everything. It's just so amazing. Um, and how he invented the guitar and, and him drawing all the time and creating new things. It just, and, and he had a really close relationship, um, with, uh, Les Paul. I, um, was reading in the, uh, in the, um, book here. I'm looking at some of the other notes I made yep. here. <laughs> Did you want to That's talk? Okay. Yeah, there are so many, so many amazing things, you know, in this book. I mean, you know, your honeymoon, going traveling, um, the fact that you guys, when you were on one of your cruises, you guys sat at the captain's table and he was drawing a guitar on a on a linen napkin. Um, <laughs> um, you know, you uh, never knew what was going to happen with Leo. <laughs> it was, it mm-hmm. was, a, it was a, it was a ride the whole way. It was, it was good, mm-hmm. and uh, I brought him a home ready-made family, and he brought me the music world. So I think That's it came beautiful. out pretty even. You it came did, out really beautiful. yeah, yeah. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about the music part um, real quick here. Randall, do you, um, 
Uh, you said you used to he used to have a lot of people coming in there. What kind of music? Who have you met? And uh, who? I mean, who was he really close to and working with um, a lot that used to come into Fender? Yeah, great question, Holly. The thing is, is that with Leo Fender and with any of the guys at the plant, I say guys, men and women, anybody at the plant, uh, it didn't matter if you were, uh, you know, uh, rock star, famous, or if you were a brand new beginner, everyone had the same level of respect. Everyone was respected. Leo never asked for autographs. I mean, everybody, everybody came through that plant um, that came to play at the Anaheim Stadium or down at the uh, convention center. They would always come through the Fender plant. So you name a rock star they, uh, of any consequence or, or any musician of any consequence, they've been through the Fender plant. And it didn't phase anybody. I mean, uh, Prince came through and um, mm-hmm. he, he had a special custom purple guitar and Prince didn't want to leave until he met Leo Fender, and Leo was too busy in his lab. He, he wasn't impressed by notoriety. I mean, he had more fame and money than, than anybody. Uh, it, sure. It, that wasn't what drove him. And finally, the guy you know, pleaded with Leo. He says, look, this guy Prince isn't going to leave until you come out, so get out here. So Leo <laughs> came out, and, and Prince said, hey, uh, I want you to promise to me you never – you know, paint another guitar this shade of purple. And Leo says, oh, sure, I can promise that. And they shook hands, and Leo went back to work. So uh, oh, they, they, wow. the funny thing is there was only one rock band that um, kind of turned people off, cause, and I'm, I probably shouldn't even say their name, a very famous rock band. But for the most part, like 99.9% of the time, everyone just got along brilliantly. Um, and, and you name them, they came through the plant. Mm-hmm. Did you meet? Any of these people at all? Did you meet any of them? No. I mean, no, Eric Clapton were, loves Fender and quite a few yeah, other people. Um, Jimi Hendrix. Every, I mean, Jimi Hendrix. Wow. Everybody, everybody. The thing is, is that, like, my dad would come home and he'd say, um, you know, I was with this guy today talking about lug nuts because uh, they did drums down there, too. And, I, and he said, he's the nicest guy. Uh, and I, says, I, can't, I think his name's Carl. And I said, you mean as in Carl Palmer of Emerson Lake and Palmer that's playing at the Anaheim <laughs> Stadium tonight? And he goes, yeah, he said he had something to do. And I go, I said, Dad, why didn't you invite me down? I mean, we lived real, real close to the plant. And he, he, my dad just looked at me, and he didn't have to say anything. You just didn't do that. You didn't. It, that's not what it was about. It was about the purity of the instrument, getting the vibe the instrument, want, you know, the musician wanted. It wasn't about a big show. It wasn't about autographs and pictures. It was really a, I can't overstate the pure music vibe that was there. And it didn't matter if mm-hmm. you were, where you were on the spectrum. If you loved music, you were there to really dial in on that. Oh, totally. I get that one. Um, I know. I, I totally understand that, Randall. That's so so funny you should say that because, you know, working in the in the industry that I'm working in as well, you know, and in and in, in besides doing radio shows and events and stuff, I meet people every day, and some of these people are are friends, you know, and they're they're just like everyday people to me, but it's like you know they're very well known or whatever, and it is you just don't ask them, hey, you know. Uh, what you know can i get your autograph for someone or whatever you know now it's like it's it's 
people are doing a lot of benefits and and they're out there and they're mixing it up with the with the people um you know the public they're connecting more i think um and you know i do miss the old type i, I miss the big concerts you know where they were more i don't know what's the word that i'm looking for for that well they were just more not so engineered, you know what I mean? They were more free like to do whatever and it was and it was and it was fun. So we didn't have to yeah, worry about all the crazy stuff going on, you know? And so yeah. now it's like you know, the music industry's changed a little bit as far as playing and then what's really cool is also a lot of people coming and playing independently, you know, uh you know, open mic nights, people just show up and play. Someone will show up like Steven Tyler or whatever and or, you know, you name anyone just showing up somewhere and they say, Hey, I'm here, let me play, you know, and uh it's awesome. It's just so cool, yeah, you I know, to hear you, the uh, stories. I, oh yeah, I wanna hear it. Yeah. Well I I'll tell you a quick story along those lines, Holly. we Mrs. Federer are at an event. And we're backstage, and the, Randall, the lead singer from Four. Randall, yeah, I, I don't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but you're breaking up a tiny little bit, and there's a little echo, and I really want to be able to hear you properly. Is this better? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, let me tell you this little quick story. The, we were at this event backstage, and the, the lead singer from Foreigner came up, and we're chatting, and mm-hmm. just having time. And he goes, "Hey, you want to meet Nancy Wilson?" And I said, well, oh, yeah, I do. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, you know, the, all the public worships the rock stars. And so I'm meeting this rock mm-hmm. star, and we go into Nancy's uh, 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 dressing room. And I tell my wife, mm-hmm. hey, get Mrs. Finner. We're going to meet Nancy Wilson. I'm freaking out. And so they open the door, and there's Nancy <laughs> Wilson. We're saying hi. And I say, I'd like you to meet Mrs. Fender. I turn around. Mrs. Fender and my wife are char- chasing a roast beef sandwich cart. And, and they put a the what? Whole- a roast beef sandwiches, and and so the public worships the rock stars. The rock stars worship Mrs. Fender, and Mrs. Fender's chasing the roast beef sandwich. So roast beef sandwiches are at the top of the food chain of this whole music thing. Okay. Oh no. We gotta talk. We gotta talk about food now. We know Leo loved to eat, and um, yeah. I also know Mrs. Fender that your family was in the baking business. I read a little bit about yes. that, and I heard your mother oh, fired yeah. you from your job because you needed yeah. to go home and take care of your husband. That's what she told me, and I was amazed. I didn't get a gold watch or a dinner or anything. They just fired me after 22 years. <laughs> I thought that oh, was pretty second, <laughs> but oh, it was wow. true. The, uh, Leo did need me at home. By this time, he his he had Parkinson's disease and bulbar palsy, and was mm-hmm. in need uh, in need of a, a, uh, a caregiver. And uh, that's what I wanted to be for him: is to be mm-hmm. there and to make him feel safe and. Uh, and happy in those days, so uh, it mm-hmm. worked out just fine. My dad missed me though, but my mom just thought it was mm. funny. <laughs> did but, did uh, Leo did Leo play guitar? Play the guitar? Leo 
Leo did not play the guitar. He cannot tune a guitar. He cannot do anything but make beautiful guitars. So that's why mm-hmm. he has all of these people working for him. He makes mm-hmm. guitars, and he has them come in his office, and, and they play it. And if it's the tune and the sound and everything that he was aiming for, then it's a success. And otherwise, the guy from back in the plant keeps playing and keeps playing until uh, Leo says, that's it, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. But he didn't, he didn't know how to do any of those. Or No, I shouldn't say he didn't know how. He chose not to uh, learn to play the guitar because he said that that would take time away from the construction and the uh, sale of the guitars. Really? Well, he would be using all of his time from that he would use in drawing his uh, uh, all of his (laughs) patterns and everything. But if uh, if he didn't play the guitar, the guys in the back could come in at lunchtime and entertain him. But uh, he he didn't take time for himself to do me mm-hmm. things. You know, we all do me things sometime in our life. He mm-hmm. didn't do me. Well, I take that back. I take that back just a little bit. He did like a white car. He told everybody oh, to really? buy a white car. He said you're safer in a white car than anything else, and he loved white cars. So he he and I both had white cars. The whole time we were married. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, what a cool and, thing. And he got to the point where he insisted that anybody working in his office had to have a white car also because he didn't want them kidding? getting into an accident and being late for work. Ah. <laughs> that's true. That's a, I only tell true stories. <laughs> you know, I want to ask you, what, what was – one of his favorite guitars that um, he created. Do you know? The last one he was working on. I mean, he always, the last one that he was working on was his favorite. And then he would design a new one, and then that would be his favorite. And then that would be, but probably the Strat over all of all of them, but uh, mm-hmm. had the, Beautiful. Had the best, best history with him. But he uh, was always excited when there was a new one on the table. Really? Did he yeah. did he own a lot did he have a lot of guitars at home? He never brought one guitar home. You're Ever. kidding. The only time there were wow. fender, if there were any fender guitars in our house was when my two sisters who both play guitar were in the house and during the holiday season our family, after we've eaten, we like to sit on the floor and uh, have somebody strum, and we sing. We sing and we sing, and uh, then that's the way the guitars got to be played, only during holidays with my family sitting on the floor. And uh, that's that was a good thing. You know, it was it was. Oh, fun. wow. And. And that I is, don't play guitar what? because I won't cut my fingernails. Ah. And that was that was another <laughs> little thing that Leo, I got after Leo for. I asked him, I said, honey, you make guitars for everybody in the world, and anything they want, 
you just go and get it for them and make it. And I said, why can't you make a guitar a woman can play with fingernails? And he just very quietly looked at me and said, well, Phyllis, you can either play the guitar or you can have fingernails. You have to decide. And I went, but that's not fair. And he said, it's your choice. Well, to this day, I still have fingernails. Oh, that is (laughs) funny. No, you know, um, that's great. What a great story. And um, Randall, your story about Prince and and about the people coming in, you know, I want to ask you another thing. Do you guys remember, well, I'm sure you both do, remember when Jimi Hendrix set the guitars on fire on stage? What what did he feel about that? Well, (laughs) he felt like they were burning up his children. Oh, uh, but Randy could probably wow. put better better words to that. But uh, that's how uh-huh. that's how Leo and I felt. Yeah, they were burning yeah. up his Leo children on the Leo didn't like that at all. But my my dad would laugh and just say, "That's fine. We'll make him a new one." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That that's really funny. Well, you know, I know there are so many people, um, you know, that love Fender and. I want to I want to talk to you, Mrs. Fender, about when Keith Richards um, was presented you uh, went the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when um, Leo was inducted. So yeah. how'd that feel for you? Well, it it was w- one of the first things that I did as Mrs. Fender, and it was pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not really know a lot of these stars and things and I so mm-hmm. I was sort of it was in New York my mom had come with me and it was a beautiful beautiful big uh, uh place a uh, hotel and and mm-hmm. everything and uh they had told me that they would present this for Leo but to me and uh and so Keith Richards came down to the dinner table where my mom and I were sitting and uh, introduced himself. He said, I, I'm, I'm going to be working with you on the stage. I just wanted to let you know I'll help you up the stairs, and I'm really impressed with your husband's work, and I'll, mm. I'll take good care of you. And I was just really pleased because I was scared. There were like two or 3,000 people in the room that night, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh, and I had not done that much speaking in front of that many people, but he did. He helped me, took my hand, and we walked up the stairs, and he uh, introduced me and said, here's the microphone. And, and I got wow. through it all because he had made me feel so comfortable. And he, I, I could tell that he was famous, and he was being nice to me, so I bet, I bet all the rest of these people are going to be nice to me, and and they did. And I spoke for a little while. They show they gave me the trophy, which they took back and never gave me another one. But um, they said, what? Well, that's what they said. We'll give you one to take home, but it never got home. But uh, it was it was Ooh. a very lovely evening, except when we the next day at the hotel. They didn't know who in the world Mrs. Fender might be, and it didn't matter because I was nobody. And 
I got ignored completely. It, it was the funny. My mom and I laughed our heads off. They said we should have uh-huh. made the night. We should have made the night last longer because this morning nobody <laughs> knows who we are. <laughs> you were incognito almost. Like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we could. We couldn't even I, get a taxi. <laughs> are you? Oh, that is funny. That is funny. I want to ask you. Real quick, I want to go back to why you were not able to take the award back home with you. What what happened with that? Well, they wanted that particular one because it was the original one. They wanted it to go into the museum there in uh, uh, whatever state it is. It starts with O. Mm-hmm. And, Ohio. Uh, or I mean, I mean, yeah, Ohio, uh, where the where the plant is with all the nice things and they kept you know but they just never got around to to sending me a copy of it and and after a while it didn't matter because they uh mm-hmm. we knew we knew that uh he had gotten it and and people that in the industry knew he had gotten it so it was mm-hmm. okay but they did it well randall we gotta get her an award <laughs> to bring home i'm on okay it. <laughs> and uh I'm on um my I, I I know quite a few people that are involved in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that are judges and that maybe we can talk about this later <laughs> off the air. Um, wow, that is so crazy. And so it was Keith Richards. That's so amazing. What a he what was, an honor, huh? He was he what was is, lovely, sweet, and sweet. I tell people mm-hmm. he kissed me on my cheek, and they're all jealous. Oh. They keep saying, "Have you wore, have you have you washed it yet this morning?" And I went, "Well, no." And they say, "Well, in that case, I'm going to kiss you too." So the ladies keep kissing my cheek. So I have a lot of ladies kissing my cheek. <laughs> and 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 what did you tell me before we started the show today that Willie Nelson gave you a kiss too recently? Yes, he he oh, uh, he he. <laughs> uh, Randy was embarrassed. No, he, he kissed me very gentlemanly, like on the cheek, in front of his mother, his his uh, sister, and some grandchildren, and we were near on on the stage area of. A, a concert that Randy took me to, and uh, mm-hmm. and he was very very much the gentleman, and uh, but it was fun mm-hmm. to have a picture of it. And yes, I did wash my cheeks, but I <laughs> only in only in one area, not the uh, not the kiss area. <laughs> hey, I read in the book that you and Leo had an argument about uh, Willie Nelson. What was that about? Well, <laughs> one, one night we were just sitting at the dinner table, just talking about this. You know, what did uh-huh. you do at work today? Because I was still working, still with for my father, and uh, uh-huh. we were telling back and forth and back and forth. I said, "What? What did you do?" And uh, he said, "Oh, you know, I just was working on some guitars and stuff." And I just said, "I didn't think it was naughty." I just said, you know what, honey? 
<laughs> if you could make a guitar that sounded like Willie Nelson, you might be famous someday. <laughs> and and he stood up from the, he stood up from the table, put his hands on his hips, and glared at me and said, "I don't think that's funny." And he turned around and walked into his bedroom <laughs> office, and I didn't see him till the next evening. <laughs> Randall, tell me about this concert when you both went to the concert was, to see Willie Nelson. It was so funny. Willie came up to me, and I said, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Fender only had one argument, and you want to know what it was about? And Willie said, tell me. And I said, it was for you. And Willie goes, good. <laughs> That's the way I like it. <laughs> This is such a fun interview. Don't you agree? This is great. Oh, <laughs> it's like fun, fun for it's us so too. funny. Holly, it's so funny. It's so funny to see these rock stars that have thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of fans out in the out in the bleachers and everything, the seats and everything, <laughs> and they're just worshiping Mrs. Fender, and, and, and she's just you know <laughs> to it all. It's a, it's absolutely a crack up. And, and she couldn't get a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't get a taxi. No, but I didn't have the I didn't I didn't have my name tag on, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Well, you know, um this is just so great. So you both are in the Fullerton area, which um yes. Let, let's talk a little bit about where that's located. That's in Southern California. Yeah, Randy can um, tell you all about that. I get lost. Yeah. <laughs> I lived yeah, down the, there the, for the, a the, long time, Randy. Not in yeah, Fullerton, the, oh, but in, or, in Orange County. Yeah, I was in Orange County yeah. for quite a long time with uh, on the, you know, do you know where the, you know the little areas down there where the beaches are. It's really beautiful. So right, okay. yeah, I moved from there to up here. Yeah, Randy yeah, lives yeah, there. Yeah. But well, when you when you come, Holly, when you come down here, we'll take you to Leo's workspace at GNL uh, Guitar because they haven't the really? guys here preserved it. It hasn't been touched since the day Leo passed away. So mm-hmm. come on down to Fullerton, and we'll, we'll show you uh, the actual bench where Leo embedded everything. But, uh, you know, Fullerton's just Are you by kidding? Just, oh, I would pound. love that. Yeah. 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 Seriously. I know. Yeah. And I know where, because I, um, Tustin, I used to do some events in Tustin. But, um, yeah, I lived um, down in Orange County for 19 years. Um, it was That's great. Beautiful. Yeah, it was yeah. really, really nice. And um, now I'm up here in wine country, so uh, it's well, that's pretty <laughs> really nice different. too. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you know, I'll tell you what's really nice about here right now, and this is the perfect time. Except today, as I told you before we started, we're having rolling blackouts, and there's fires nearby. And uh, I'm looking outside, and it's smoky and uh, the sky's a weird color. So I just want to say, you know, you, this time of the year is just an absolutely gorgeous time, except today. Um, except today. You know, 
No, no, no. But, you know, I mean, we get to see the changing of the seasons here because of the fact that we're close to the Oregon border. So it's like the trees are absolutely gorgeous. And um, I'll I'll send you guys some pictures of... Oh, uh, wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will... I will do that, and um, I have to tell you, I definitely, Randall, I want to definitely take you up on going to see Leo's uh, workbench and stuff, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the Fullerton Museum um, that you have, that that's there for, for Leo. Well, gee, anybody who's into music needs to go to that museum. It, they've done a, a absolute spectacular job of preserving uh, mm-hmm. Leo's legacy. You have the very first guitar Leo in, ever invented in the 1940s, right all the way down to the last G&L guitar he handled the day before he passed away. He, Leo uh, passed away literally getting ready to go to work. The, the guy was just passionate about it. I read uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody into music should should go go there. Leo Leo loved uh, Les Paul. He, he he. There was not a competitive thing. It was a it was a they were making the world better for for everyone having more music. So this is mm-hmm. part of the celebration of of the evolution of music and and uh, life and all all that happens because of uh, this great legacy. So yeah, we'll take you there too. <laughs> Oh, I would love to. And, you know, I was reading in the book how he and um, Les used to sit out on the porch and drink lemonade on a Sunday and talk about guitars. And yeah. and uh, there were some funny, funny conversations that um, took place between the two of them. There's always room for a second and stuff like that. I, I was I thought that was great, you know. Well, that's um, what the book is all about, just to have some fun. Oh, no. Yeah, and now... Let's give out a website where people can get this book um, and also a little bit, um, let's give out the address for uh, the Fullerton Museum as well. Randall, do you have any of that with you, that information? Because I don't have that. Yeah, it's really easy, Holly. Yeah, just go to leofender.com, leofender.com, and uh, that's the website with the book. Or, you know, you can actually can't order the book there. Just go to... um, you know, Amazon or your, any book, every bookstore in the world carries it now. And uh, mm-hmm. the uh, museum is just on, uh, I think it's on Pomona. Um, it's, you know, just Google it. I, I don't know the address on that. It's it's literally just a block or two from uh, 105 South Harbor, which is where the Leo invented the world's first electric guitar, which ironically is just up the street where Leo was born on a barn on Harbor Boulevard across the street. <laughs> A guy named Carl Karcher invented uh, Carl's Jr. And just down the street, a guy named Walt Disneyland. So Harbor Boulevard is where That's it's at. That's right. going to start a business. <laughs> Wait, so so that was what that was about, where it was um, the quote. Could you say that quote about Walt Disney created? I, I remember reading that somewhere here. Um, yeah, Walt Disney started Disneyland down on Harbor Boulevard. Leo invented the mm-hmm. guitar on Harbor, and uh, and uh, Carl Karcher started uh, Carl's Jr. right across the street from where Leo was born. Um, wow, it's, it's kind of an epicenter of explosion of invention. Hmm, that's really interesting. That that's yeah. really interesting. I wonder what what that one area right there. It's just so it's so it's so iconic. 
Um, it's Randall, magic. Could you ta- it's magic. Oh, yeah, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is all magic. And, you know, I'm going to extend the interview a little bit. Do you both have time, a little bit more time to spend no, on the phone with me? I plan yeah, because, on you know, waiting until later to have dinner, and I will be talking with you for as long as you want. Oh, uh, I want to talk to you guys because you're both so just, I, I love this conversation, the way it's going, <laughs> and I'm just so, no, really, seriously, this is like so much fun, and I know a lot of people are listening. So I want to say real quick again, this is Red Velvet Media, and uh you can listen to the show if you missed the beginning of it um, afterwards as a podcast on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Mrs. Fender and also Randall Bell, who is um, with us, whose father worked with Mr. Fender, Leo Fender at the plant. And uh, getting back to, I wanted to ask you, Randall, um, we... I know a little bit about the first guitar he ever made. I saw a picture of it. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that and tell us a little bit of the history of the first guitar? Yeah, I mean, there's some controversy over who invented the electric guitar, but I've researched that, I think, deeper than anybody ever has. And there's it, no mm-hmm. question it was the inventor who invented the solid-body electric guitar. There were some hollow-body guitars or acoustic guitars people were putting microphones on uh, or pickups on, but those were those weren't, you know, authentic electric guitars. But I mean, Mrs. Fender can tell the story how Leo got the idea to invent it. But I can tell you the first the first model was the Fender Esquire, and then that became the Fender Broadcaster, and then Gretsch, who Fender has since bought out the company, but Gretsch mm-hmm. took Leo with a lawsuit over the use of the name Broadcaster, so there became the Nocasters, which are worth more than a house today. Uh, and then that You're turned kidding. into the Telecaster. Wow. Which, yeah. I just bought mm-hmm. a Fender Esquire, a 59 Fender Esquire, and it's worth three times more than my car. Um, but, uh, you know, they're just, and it, plays <laughs> it plays beautifully. But, you know, Mrs. What Sue, color is it? About, what uh, color is it, Randall? It's honey, honey uh, yellow color um, with a maple I neck. I love it's that just color. Gorgeous. Yeah, like the and baby. Think about it, the baby. Yeah. Yeah. The just pale, like, just pale the same yellow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mrs. Fender? Yes? Yeah, we, um, Randall, I'm sorry. Randall, I was switching so fast over to Mrs. Fender. I wanted to ask her the question that you had um, suggested I yeah. ask her about how he invented the first guitar. But finish your thought, Randall, before I go and ask for that. What were you saying about your guitar? Oh, I was just going to say, great. Uh, let's, let's have Mrs. Fenner tell us how it invented. She knows the story better than me. Yeah. I don't. No, sure I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I wasn't there. <laughs> no, where, 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 Leo, where Leo went to the, uh, the, the stamp, the war bond dance. Oh, that, that that story. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I kept thinking I, I didn't even know a Leo Fender when he did that. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, share that with us. I know what you mean now. I'm just being blonde. So we'll, we'll She's being blonde? <laughs> I'm just being blonde. I'm blonde, too. So we can join a little gang here. Yeah. 
So, no, he he wasn't able to go into World War Two mm-hmm. because he had uh, a glass eye and mm-hmm. he uh, wore hearing aids, so the Army uh, would not, you know, accept him. And yet he felt so uh, important, he felt it was so important that he do something. So uh, many of the towns around uh, out of the United States uh, to uh, have uh, war bond dances where they could have sell the the war bonds and the stamps to help uh, pay mm-hmm. for the the war. And uh, oh, yeah, Leo yeah, yeah. had yeah, and Leo had his radio shop which was uh, all electrical stuff and he they knew that he uh could put the lights up and put the sound system up for them and uh so that's what he started doing and these dances were like every week or every other week and and he felt like he was doing his his work for the war effort and uh one night uh when uh he had finished putting up the t- tables and chairs and the lights he just sat down at the uh, by the the uh the, the area there where they had the band and was watching and watching and listening to the band and and uh he hap- he happened to be keep looking down the whole row to uh, the guitar players and uh they were just playing their fool heads off just going 90 for mm-hmm. nothing and yet he couldn't hear anything because the the, oh, wow. the, the drums and the horns and the all that which were right behind the guitars were wiping them out. Well, as hell, uh, as it would happen, the guys came in the radio shop the next night or two just to ask some questions about electronics, and they were sort of moaning and groaning into him, and he said, you guys, nobody can hear you. And he said, yeah, that's what we find out. And Leo, <laughs> <laughs> Leo when they left... He got a hunk of wood, a big hunk of wood, and he took the whole inside of it. He peeled it out with his tools and made a hollow in the center of it. And that was the beginning of his guitar world. Uh, From that one, he made it and he gave it to the, uh, the guitarist, and they could finally be heard because it was electrified. And, uh... That oh was wow! The start. That was the start of his very thing. He was doing a war effort dance, and the poor guitar players couldn't be heard, and he felt so sorry for them. He designed the guitar <laughs> that the world loves. It was a wonderful. Oh time, wow! You know? Yeah, but he never sure. got yay me, yay me. He always said it needed to be done. It needed. He said it wasn't right that they couldn't hear them. So he was always wanting wow. to do right. Yeah. Yeah. That so. is fantastic. Yeah. That's <laughs> he must, some of the He he was a very giving person from what I'm yeah. I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. He um was always concerned about it seems like everybody else about the white cars and this and that. <laughs> which brings me to a question that was suggested I asked. Um, what kind of Christmas presents did Leo give out at, at Christmas time? I want to hear about that. <laughs> well, he, Leo had a, a lovely uh, 
a boat, nice big cruiser that I mm-hmm. never saw. And uh, he spent a lot. <laughs> he spent a lot of time down at at the shoreline here in, in California, uh-huh. and uh, there was a, a, a fish a fish uh, hatchery type place down there that did wonderful tuna. They tell me because I don't eat seafood because uh, I'm mm-hmm. a Pisces, and that and they're my family, you know, Pisces and. Oh, of course. <laughs> but anyway, so he would buy cases and cases and cases of uh, canned tuna, and then he would pass them out to some of his friends. Uh, his Are you serious? Sister. Yeah, and so this went out, <laughs> and so the the first present he ever gave me was a, 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 ca- a case of tuna and an umbrella. <laughs> Really? <laughs> and it was in a paper bag. <laughs> but you, you know kidding? what? It was, to, to him, it was wonderful. And I gave mm-hmm. the tuna to my family, and they loved it. And I told him they loved it, and he was nice enough to give them a, their own separate ones. So they got double tuna. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. That is so but funny. <laughs> and, you know, I love the fact that you told me you were a Pisces. I was going to ask you, because I'm interested, and I wasn't sure where you were at on that, um, what sign was Leo? Uh, let's see. Uh, Virgo. No, no. Uh, uh, Leo. He was a, a Leo. Uh, he. Uh, what was Mother? August. He, Leo. Yeah, Leo was a Leo. And, he was a uh, lot. Leo the lion. Wow. Yeah. And wow, uh, that's crazy. That's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Some sometimes he acted like the lion, and sometimes he acted like Leo. <laughs> wow. No, no, he I wonder if that's right. how. I wonder if that's how he got his first name, um, Leo, because he was. <laughs> Do you well, think? his first name really was Leonis, L-E-O-N-I-S, or something something similar to that. Leonis? Really? Uh-huh. Interesting. And so they just um, did Leo. Yeah. Yeah, and he was born in a barn, he said, right there. Uh, Randall, <laughs> yeah. do you, have, you want to talk a little bit about that, Randall? Well, the, the site is uh, still there. It's just south. It's on Harbor Boulevard where all this happened. It's uh, now a mm-hmm. park. Um, there's no remnants of the of the Fender Farm, but yeah, Leo was born uh, without a lot of money. Um, Mrs. Fender knows the stories better from Leo as far as what his family was like. But ironically, he never really ran away from his childhood. He he literally invented the electric guitar just a few blocks to the north, it's now a national uh, monument. It's now a national uh, uh, historical register, I should say, site. Um, but, yeah, the, it's, it's, I, I'm trying to get the city of Anaheim to build some kind of monument there because there should be a, there should be a monument there. But, um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, I know Anaheim is pretty pretty cool about doing things. You know, I know t- that whole area in Tustin, all around there. I know that they like to really 
embrace a lot of the things that are going on there. Um, that would be great well, if they did that. Well, they may not have the funds to do You're, something like that. I I know at one time they offered mm-hmm. uh, to have him on. They were making like a walk of fame. Hello? Randall? Randall? Yeah. I I lost Can you hear me? I lost Mrs. I lost Mrs. Fender. Oh, I don't know what happened. Uh, she's in there talking. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> tell I'll her that head. her call dropped. Tell her that her call dropped hey, so she can call me back. Your, your phone dropped. I'm going to hand you my phone. Well, I, I can as I walk over there because I'm in a different room. Um, the um, the, the city of Anaheim, I actually did talk to them, and they said, you know, because at the time Leo was born, they considered that part of Anaheim to be uh, to be Fullerton because it was called Fullerton, and Leo went to Fullerton uh, schools his whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's part of their reluctance uh, is because of the, the fact that the uh, area was kind of considered Fullerton and not Anaheim. But well, I'm with Mrs. Fender now. Hello. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Are. Yeah. So you went away. I thought you you were you were probably looking for your dinner, right? <laughs> oh no, we, we don't eat till late, honey. It's uh, it uh, we're early early to eat and late to sleep, you know. So exactly. Just, uh, we're just sitting here talking on the patio. Oh, I Randy love and that. That's yeah, Randy so and my fun. daughter and myself and and my dog. We're just having a layback here, having oh, that's fun talking wonderful. to you. No, absolutely. And you know, I wanted to ask you when in in your time with Leo and the time you, you know that you two were out and about and you met people, and then when you found out who you met besides Willie Nelson, who. <laughs> Who else was one of your the most? Do you have any stories of anybody else that you met that you'd like to share with our listeners? That besides Keith Richards and Willie Nelson and stuff like that, that are kind of fun. Well, there's a whole bunch. It's, there's a whole bunch. Uh, you know, the guitarist from you know Billy Idol's guitarist and uh, oh, yeah. Dolly, the guy from the Doors. I mean, they, they all just fawn over her, and uh, and she, like I say, she. I'm I'm sitting there just in awe uh, meeting these people, but Mrs. Fender's just like I say, you know, looking for the roast beef sandwich. <laughs> She's not, oh, that's funny. Know, but they all that. they all just worship her and and kind of sit at her feet and just like like they're at you know they climb the Himalayas and they open the door to the guru with all life's answers. <laughs> you get killed, my friend. <laughs> Oh, you guys are funny. Oh, people have Hello? been very, very kind to me, and and uh, you know I did the uh, the laundry and and cooked his stew, and he did all the hard work. So it it was a, a fun time. Oh, that's this that's so sweet, you know. And uh, I know it must have been really hard for you when he left. Um, but he's never really gone. He's around you all the time. Just think about that. Oh, um, oh I, I believe you know, his, in that. And 
he uh, he had come to uh, come to love the Lord, and that he's go he's where I'm going to be going, and so we'll see each other again. It's not going to be a oh, problem. That's so beautiful. Yeah, no. And so, what um what's a typical day for for you like, Mrs. Fender? Besides well, talking right on the phone to me. Right right now is not real typical. I'd had an accident and sort of got run over by a car on my legs. And but that I'm getting well. Yeah, I know, it sounds crazy. I didn't know. You weren't in your white car. You weren't in a white car. Actually, it was a yellow one. I'm going to wrap her up in bubble wrap. Uh, She's just always, you know, having these accidents. (laughs) No, I'm getting. Oh, that is so cute. (laughs) And Randy and my family keep me laughing. So, uh, no, no, I'm going to be working back at the museum really soon. And Randy Mm -hmm. and I are going to get some projects going. And my family are. Spectacular, and uh, oh, that's and fantastic! So, what do you guys have planned it. for the holidays? What do you guys have planned for the uh, holidays, both of you? Cooking a lot and uh, hugging up. We have three three brand new great grandbabies that just came the last couple months, and so Aww. we'll be inviting them into the family. Well, she doesn't. Oh, that's. No, she doesn't know it. We're going to make a documentary. <laughs> Are you? We're just waiting for her to Are heal you? up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Really? Ooh, that's yeah. that's yeah. really okay. So listen to me, Randall. When you guys do this doc, I would love to have you guys back. And um, um, who who are you doing the doc with? Who's doing that with you, Randall? Well, we've got a contract. We've got a couple contracts, but we're just we're waiting on some details. But one way or another, in January, we're going to start. I've got a couple options, and I'm going to pick the final Mm -hmm. option. And Mrs. Fender doesn't know this, but we're going to start that documentary in January when she's all healed up. So, oh, that is so (laughs) cool. I, you know. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing, please. At least when my legs are sore, I'm sitting down, so you know where I am. And, uh, so, Randall, anyway, this have will be so cool. Oh, Randall, it is so the cool. documentary thing. Yeah. No, the documentary thing I think is going to be really important because really seriously, I mean, he's very well respected, and um, you of all people know that. Now, you know, I want to ask you, I know because your father worked with Mr. Fender, with Leo, um, how did you um, come to be so close to to, to Mrs. Fender? How did you two, you know, I, come together? I, I, just, I, I just kind of, you know, I, I'm like a bull in a china <laughs> shop, just kind of barged my way in. I, 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 no, I felt, I felt passionately, Holly. I mean, seriously, I felt passionately that this was a story. I was just astounded that a book had not been written on this. And, and it, you know, really, in retrospect, it, it makes sense because Leo was so, so quiet. But, you know, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Winters never had a microphone she didn't like. And when I met her, I just thought, <laughs> I'm an author. And I, I, I just thought, this has to be documented. I mean, where on planet Earth do you meet a guy who was born in a barn, literally, 
had his had his eye out at the age of eight, you know, had a glass eye. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, honestly, he was kind of a little quiet, socially awkward. He invents something iconic. I mean, how many things that are invented in the 1940s are still iconic today? He was, he mm-hmm. was, and, and I'll give you a little quiz, Holly. When he was living in a mobile home, they deposited a check in today's dollars for $300 million into his checking account. And here's the quiz, Holly. Where, did he, where do you think Leo moved? Stayed in the, in, the, in the mobile home. You got it right. He did not move. Yeah, and, and they moved in our neighborhood when the family expanded. But Leo Fender, you know, had the challenge. You know, I think we're on earth to build character is what I think, something we're uh, at least Absolutely. I'm still working on. Yeah, and so Leo had the challenges of, of disability and being deaf and, and half blind. Then he had the challenges of being rich and famous. And the whole time he was the same good solid man of character the whole way through if that's not an example of a life well lived i don't know what is and that's got to be documented mm-hmm. we've done the book but I, I i feel we we need to do a documentary so that's that's this next year's project oh no absolutely absolutely i i fully embrace that and i encourage and i wish you guys the best of luck on that um i worked with a lot of people that do documentaries and have done documentaries and I'm going to tell you his story definitely needs to be told and um wow I just am so excited I'm I'm so excited for you guys because this will be so much fun and especially for you Mrs. Fender I mean could you imagine yeah. this is going to be like you're going to get to see this in front of you and relive all this yeah. again like we did today you know, well, it's good. It's going to be fun, and at least I know what I'm going to be doing next year. <laughs> Thanks for sharing the news. <laughs> oh no, Randall, you're so funny. You didn't even tell her. <laughs> no. Uh, well, that was you your early Christmas on your show. present. That was that was your early Christmas present, Mrs. Fender. Okay. Oh. I was hoping for some chocolates, but then whatever. <laughs> Give me your chocolates. <laughs> Wait, C's candy? Let me guess. C's candy, right? Because you're right there. Yeah. You're right there. Where the, milk, yeah. the milk chocolate ones, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I like, you know what? Bad. My favorite are the vanilla lollipops that they make. Those are so oh, good. Are those good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Some of those, those are the mice. <laughs> <laughs> Randall, you better be ready getting your list made out for what you're going to be getting. I, I'm just shaking my head. I'll I'll buy the seed and, candy, whatever it takes. Let's just get this documentary done. And a case of tuna. And a case of tuna. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, she, <laughs> she hates seafood. I don't dare get seafood around Mrs. Fender. She'll start throwing furniture. <laughs> you know what? You know, when you told me that you didn't eat seafood, it brought uh-huh. up a memory for me because, you know, in England, and, and I lived there for, you know, a while, and um, the royal family, they do not, they're not allowed to eat seafood when they travel at all. That's one of the rules. They're not allowed to eat seafood because they possibly could get sick. So they don't want to think, you know, they can get sick on it. That's one of the things that they follow. So I was thinking, hmm, I wonder why she doesn't like seafood. Now I know, because you're a Pisces. 
<laughs> Besides that, that's I awesome. Don't like it. <laughs> well, you know, so, this has been so much fun talking to you guys, and I want to um, ask you, Randall, real quick. You said you were an author, and I knew that. I did a lot of research on um, what you've done as well. Uh, what are you currently working on besides just the documentary? Oh, gee, thanks for asking, Holly. I, I wrote a textbook called Real Estate Damages, which I don't recommend. It's it's uh, 504 pages of flow <laughs> form. Um, th- then I wrote a book that's done pretty well on because I study disasters as an economist. That's my real job. And so I oh, wrote a book really? called Me, We, Do, Be. Yeah, Me, We, Do, Be. And uh, I was recently on the Today Show with it. It's done really pretty well. And then the funnest, okay. the most fun book, the, of course, the most fun book is the Leo Fender book, and uh, and actually, there's some tweaks I want to make to it and come out with a second edition. That's another project, and and then the the book I'm working on now is kind of weird. It's called Post Traumatic Thriving, and it's about people who have been like Leo, who have been through a challenge and come out, you know, really successful at the other end of the tunnel. So it's post traumatic thriving. You know what? Yeah, what? You and I need to talk, definitely need to talk off the air. Um, I have some people for you that maybe you would be interested in talking to. Yep. I'd love to, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, we went, you know, back to Sonoma, you know, last year, October, this whole area burned very badly. You know, we had very bad fires here. I know that L.A. did as well. But, um, you know, a lot of people lost their businesses and uh, wineries and vineyards and stuff like that. And I'm going to tell you, um, a lot of people, they had one minute to get out of their house and they just sat there and watched everything burn up that they had had their whole life. And these are these are people that, like the Sebastiani family, you know, and people like that, you know, you, you would just hear about their stories that they all came, you know, where they came from and how they built up. So for me to hear about Leo, it's like this is, like, so amazing to hear about how the the first electric guitar and you, (laughs) Mrs. Fender, (laughs) just, like, your whole take on this. And and also, Randall, this this is so cool, and I just can't wait for the documentary to come out. That'll be so much fun. But definitely... I would like for um, to get in touch with you about that. Yeah, that's great. So oh, absolutely, yeah. The it's, uh, it's these are all fun projects, and they're all hopefully mm-hmm. have a little bit of meaning to them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, so um, we will definitely be in touch with each other. And I know that we've been on the on this interview for a while, and I really want to tell both of you, thank you so much for spending this time with me and with our listeners and for everyone listening because I know there's a lot of people listening and um, I don't know, is there anything more that both of you would like to add to this beautiful you know, interview about Mr. Fender, about anything here that we didn't cover? No, just... Besides him being a wonderful person. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. That, and find somebody to be kind to. 
find there's somebody yeah. that you can be kind to. So those two things. Don't give up and find somebody to be kind to. Mm-hmm. And enjoy the music. Like you. <laughs> and enjoy the music. You are so funny, you Randall. <laughs> Great. No, Especially I love it. And you know, we No, it's beautiful. And um, you know, we're gonna be ending the show with one of your favorite artists, Mrs. Fender, Willie Nelson. And oh, uh thank you. Made made my day. Made my day. Yeah. And the song I'll be playing is my um my heroes have always been cowboys. <laughs> you know Did you what? ever hear that's that one? Do you remember idea. that one? Yes, yeah, I do. That's a good yes, song. I- So I want to thank both of you for being here, and I really, really encourage everyone to go to the website and pick up this book. It comes, I believe it comes in hard hard edition and soft edition, correct? No, it's just hard. Um, We're going to have to, I think the uh, uh, distributor told me that they're running out, so we're going to do a soft edition. But right now it's it's just available in hard edition. Oh, you know what? I'm looking at it. I have an unedited review copy. That's what it is. That's why it's soft. I was wondering. Yeah, but I have an unedited version. Ooh. I'll bring it with me when I see you guys. I'll have you guys sign it. That'll be great. That sounds like And I'll have this. (laughs) Oh, no, absolutely. And I really do look forward to meeting both of you because I plan on being in that area very soon. And uh, I would love, I would so much love to come over and um, just see, you know, Leo's workspace and meet you and and um, just sit and talk. It would be so much fun because I think that well, this has been such a fantastic interview today. Well, come and visit and we'll take you to Polly Pies where the book was written. Oh, and- nice. <laughs> And, uh, and we'll I'll go get some seeds candy while I'm there too. There you go. That's just <laughs> down the road. We'll just we'll That's be awesome. so happy to visit. We'll be happy to visit oh, yeah. with you. I would yeah, love that. Yeah, thanks, Holly. That's really it. been fun talking to you. Oh, uh, Randall, yeah, this has been a great interview and I really hope that you both enjoyed it as much as I do. So yeah, thank you sure. so much for being here today and uh you made my day, so Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for sharing so many beautiful, intimate stories. And I'm sure that we'll be, um, you know, doing another show, and I'll be meeting you before that, but I definitely want to do another show with you when you start the doc. That would be so much fun. And, Randall, please, um, you know, let's, you know, keep it. I'm going to somehow get in touch with you. I have your number, so I'll get in touch with you and give you my email and all that so you both can have it okay yeah cool call anytime i will tomorrow is friday oh and that's something i'm going to say um please don't drink and drive i always tell people that and i wanted to say to you i uh, that brought up something else i read in the book about uh leo saying he never drank because he always had you drink word of the drinks for him and then after you took a sip he'd drink it so <laughs> yeah that was funny yeah, that was yeah. such a it cute was... story about the pina colada. <laughs> I read that. Ooh. See, I Life did my homework, guys. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. absolutely. 
And with that, we're going to end it. Uh, Willie Nelson, you have a nice supper. Mrs. Bender and uh, Randall, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks again, Holly. Really appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. Okay, guys, we'll see you tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow. Um, I'll be back on the air, and I'll be talking with a gentleman that has a company called Dress Code and a movie about New York. Tune in tomorrow. My regularly scheduled, oh, no, no, tomorrow, yeah, 5 o'clock I'm doing a show instead of 2. Um, but thank you guys for being here, and here's the wonderful song just for you, Mrs. Fender. Here you guys go. I grew up dreaming of being a cowboy and loving the cowboy ways. Pursuing the life of my high riding eagles. I burned up my childhood days. Modern day drifter Don't you hold on to nothing too long Just take what you need From the ladies and leave them With the words of a sad country song My heroes have always been cowboys Still unseen Sadly in search of One step and back of Themselves And their slow moving dreams Cowboys are special With their own brand of misery From being alone arms of a nightmare, knowing well that your best days are gone, picking up hookers, instead of my pen, I let the words of my youth fade away, old worn out silence, and old worn out memories, but no one, and no place to my heroes have always been cowboys And they still are, it seems Sadly in search of And one step and back of themselves And their slow-moving dreams Sadly in search of one step and back on themselves and their slow-moving
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.